Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up live show slash podcast Saturday edition. Solly here in the Kill House. Even though we're on separate screens right now, we're sitting right across from each other. DJ Pi is here. Magic of TV, Solly. How are you? I am wonderful. We're going to get amped up here. But first, if I may ask for quiet on the tee, please. Sure. Absolutely. Absolute silence. Golf is the only sport that asks you to maintain a respectful silence one moment and makes you blast your way out of the sand the next moment. Sandy area, technically. Sandy area this Sandy week. Area this uh, week. It's a unique mix of good manners, power, and knowing when you have to get a little dirty. That's the same thinking that went into Cooper's Discoverer rugged tire. It's an on-road tire with the power to give you off-road capabilities thanks to its earth digger edges that give you leverage on loose sand and dirt. But it's also a road tire with Whisper Groove technology that rides extremely quiet on the freeway. Good manners on the road, but not afraid to power through the dirt. Uh, basically, that sounds a little bit like golf to me, if, if we're being honest. I think that sounds exactly like golf. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, 45-day test drive warranty. Uh, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road for complete product and warranty details. Please, please visit coopertires.com or coopertires.ca. Go with the Coopers. Now we can make some noise. Huge day for tires out there, by the way. Phil's ball landed <laughs> right extreme. behind that tire. As I mean, soon as just... that happened, I was like, that's perfect. We got Cooper <laughs> tires lined up for tonight. Uh, what a fucking day, Oh, man. my God. You I know love what? this sport. We were kind of clowning on uh, more you than me. Kind of clowning on the whole like it feels like Sunday thing, which I thought was honestly a, uh, a shot at Louie more than anything. He's like, Louie missed that like four footer and they're like oh it feels like sunday i was like yeah <laughs> hell yeah louis louis gags these away all the time they Great would call. never throw shade like that and I, look at you opening up with a coverage no no, no what i was getting at was the the more we got into those last couple holes like it really did feel like a sunday i think porter said that on uh on twitter like how good would that have been sign me up right now for exactly what we saw coming down the stretch phil's got to get that up and down to win the golf tournament i mean that's that's as good as it gets that that was the most fun Saturday I can remember in since we started doing this podcast. I think of a major. I mean, I'm sure there's probably getting the comments and, and remind my ass of uh, something I'm forgetting probably. But uh, I remember when Tiger made the. I mean, obviously the Tiger Sunday at 2019 Masters. That's absurd. But when Tiger also made that run at Bell Reeve, that was a, a Sunday. That was earlier on in that day. I remember that being a complete thrill ride. But I mean, uh, remember remember the Saturday when was it 2010? I think when Phil hold out. Uh, at the Masters, Phil, yes. what did he hold out for Eagle? He went 14. Eagle, Eagle, Birdie. Yeah, like almost, that, that's the only thing I can put it up there with Saturday wise. Yeah, and he had the shot. Uh, I guess that was Sunday. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, that that's probably up there. But that that was before the podcast. That's my right, point. Right, right. right. Well, I'm I'm even going going beyond. Just a complete stripe show on his front nine. Went out in 32. Uh, I think it had, he had an 18 hole stretch spanning back to yesterday that he played 10 under. Um, and many people were wondering if that was sustainable. It turns out maybe not so much. <laughs> Uh, he did let it leak a little bit down the stretch, which I'm sure we'll cover. But uh, what's the what's the image that sticks out to you from today? <laughs> Honestly, uh, it shouldn't be, but the the shot on 13 wasn't great. I mean, if we're if we're trying to be positive, uh, I'd say it's it's got to be the shot into two was bananas. I it mean, the, just walking after uh, it like 
over the trees, knocking it up there to, to eight feet or whatever. And into I mean, three was, out of the out of the sand on yeah, number three. Seriously. I mean, it was just that front nine was really, really special. It was you know the shot on 13 reminded me of when we did your your uh your film room and it was like all you got to do is not go left <laughs> only thing you can't do is go left then he just duck hooks it straight into the water we got to talk about that sequence you want to start there that feels negative do okay we, let's let's unpack the front nine a little okay. bit more right i mean he he comes out and it was in control it wasn't like the the so we got the full fill experience on the back nine but the front nine was something that we have not seen right so through 36 holes, we saw really good golf out of him. Obviously, he was in the last group, tied for the lead. Going and and into not the even really good Phil golf. Just like really solid. That's what I'm saying. Really solid golf. He, God, I, we're going to say this 15 times throughout this podcast. He's driving the shit out of the ball. It's it's concerning how well he's hitting the driver. And that, that really stuck with me, too, on, on that front side. It sucks that he punted two shots back by hitting one into the water on 13, yeah. basically. But, yeah, he the stats would, sh- would say that he ha- is driving the shuttle. He was hitting, like, the if there was a center cut line of the fairway, that's what he would have been in. Um, and, yeah, it was it was just total control. And there was a big question mark, at least in my book, going into today. Like, how, long, how many holes is this going to last? Like, 36 yeah. seemed like a nice stopping point. You're the last group off. Yeah, I know you've done this a million times, but we have – I have a stamina – question mark and i still have a stamina question mark on phil going into tomorrow and didn't know if it was going to last 36 holes 45 54 whatever it is but i think we can say fit, fit, you know 46 is pretty much where it lasted but he's still there obviously right there with the lead going into tomorrow and gosh it was really impressive on the front nine what uh i mean what other shots am i missing I, they all kind of run together like it, when when someone's doing that it shot it, into seven par five yeah, yeah, yeah almost God, made eagle on seven awesome eagle looks on Two and seven. He birdied number six, too. I mean, he was just, he was dialed. If he'd have made that eagle, I don't know. I, I was thinking about that. It would have been the, maybe the GIF, only GIF we could have used is the guy that ra- rolled down the hill when he made that putt on 18 <laughs> at Riviera. He <laughs> started smacking the ground. That's what I felt watching it. Like it was, we almost did that. If, if he would have made, if he would have hold the bunker shot or the, uh, the flop shot on 18, I yeah. think we both would have rolled off the couch and started banging the ground how good is it to have like fan reaction back for that ball almost going in just the the, oh like that that is what major championship golf is all about Uh, that that today got my juices flowing if you can't tell lane sharts in the comments saying it's gif not jif lane fuck off shut up lane lane is jinx guy i just found that out on twitter this week i hate that i didn't realize that it had been worse if he was aged well guy Uh, speaking of aged well, guys, speaking of all, all my, my whole crew on Twitter, big day for uh, where did it cross where did Twitter? It cross Twitter? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to all those guys. Uh, so candidly, I was kind of right in the middle of my my uh, big Phil Twitter thread I was doing. So I was just furiously Google imaging, uh, looking for photos, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, run, run the people through the whole where did it as a representative of where did it, where cross, did it cross Twitter? Just, yeah, please go, so, just go, go off here. 13th hole is first of all, kind of a silly hole. Like you go across a bridge to basically what feels like somebody's backyard to tee off essentially 500 yards, yeah. usually into the wind, 481 today, Very narrow green side up there. You're there's water right in front of you. And if you're like Neil, when you hit this shot, you hit the reeds five feet in front of the tee box and it somehow rises and covers everything and goes on land over there. I'm still, I'm not bitter about that at all. Um, and there's water that goes all down the right. And if you if you hit like a block or a pull in Phil, Phil's case, there's a chance you don't cover anything. And Louie hits like his little his little queef ball that he's been hitting now for a couple, like a month now. And as soon as it goes in the water, Phil is like, oh, yeah, that, cro- that definitely crossed. And Phil then steps up to only thing you can't do is hit it in that. And he just dead pulls it, doesn't even really apex. And Phil stands on the tee and kind of wonders for a while. 
you know, did it cross, did it cross, and then finally just says, I don't think it crossed. And that felt like the right call. Yeah. Watching it. I mean, again, it's really important to know when you're watching this on television that even with a good aerial image from the blimp, angles are what yeah. they are. It, you you don't know for sure. Like we can't we can't know for sure. But if you compare the two images of the two shots from that blimp, they looked more similar than they did different. And Louis ends up taking a drop up in the fairway. And again, we're we're guessing on this stuff, right? So when you go when your ball crosses a red line hazard or penalty area, you are deciding where it crossed, right? You can pretty much choose where you're going to pick. He chooses a spot right next to a sprinkler head that also gives him relief that gets out. It was it into the fairway? Did he get relief all the way into the fairway? Uh, who could say? That I have a little bit of an issue with. Like of all places it crossed, it crossed right at that sprinkler head. Then you get the relief. Like you're already taking a drop that I don't know. And where that red line was painted was pretty far up that hill. And CBS did not help matters. And they said, oh, that look, it definitely crossed land right there. It's like, first of all, there's no definitely involved in this. I'm not saying it definitely didn't. But where that red line was painted was, not, you know, it, it may have crossed land, but that red line was way up that hill. And I don't know if I was, you could have consulted video on that. And I would have, you know, rather... He probably is going off what Phil said. If Phil doesn't say that, I wonder what actually happens. But yeah. That whole sequence kind of stunk to me a little bit. Not to, you know, not to to wave it off or anything, but it, as I said to you, it, we're also talking about Louis. Uh, you know, he's he's going to give a bunch of shots back tomorrow on Sunday anyway. So it's I don't think we need to worry about. It. You drop or yeah, Louis, wherever you think, man, <laughs> looks looks good. Just anywhere up there is good with me. Yeah, that's good. That's what what was it, Phil? Like his college match or at USAM match or something like that. He gave his opponent like a 20 footer. Cause he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna make this anyways. I needed yeah. the motivation or something like and that. And he made it. Yeah. Uh Phil makes double. He had a great shot in after that. Phil had a lot of really good shots down the stretch, didn't make anything. He gave it a run on on uh, six on sixteen. That oh would God. just barely miss. That might have been that going the off anti, the green. The anti Brooks putt. I mean, Brooks left that. What did he have? A twenty footer, twenty five footer for birdie on seventeen. That left was a, a seven feet horrible short. putt. That was tough. Uh, Phil shot in seventeen was unbelievably good. Just rock, rock, rock solid. Uh, and then his both him and Brooks like epic drives on 18 holy shit we're gonna get brooks and, and phil horrible horrible oh, yeah. bogey by <laughs> by brooks with an eight iron in his hand and just a really bad shot by phil uh also like following that up so that you know who knows with the wind getting up a little bit tomorrow those guys playing off each other like i, I we're gonna get there i know but like i'm so excited <laughs> is it, it the wind kind of softened a little bit today it came out of a different direction coming in was it a little more exciting? Dude, it was way more exciting. Okay, good. I, I think so. I mean, I, I think it's a good mix. Like, I think if it was like that all week, I think we would be begging for, hey, oh, fuck, this is not how this golf course is supposed to play. There's supposed to be so much more wind. Total crowning. Yeah. I, I can't imagine uh, what the course setup boys would have had to say about that. <laughs> uh, but I think for variety's sake, I mean, I love when a golf course and, and a tournament really like changes throughout the week. Right, I, I think it's so cool when, like, I we were saying this in the preview. It was so cool that the wind was going to switch later in the week, and you know, you got to play those really hard holes with both winds. I mean, that's to without getting too serious about, like, that's a proper examination of golf. Yes. Right, I I love that, and so I thought it was really cool, especially on Saturday, gave guys a chance to, you know, without again putting too fine a point on it, moving day gave guys a chance to to get up there to make some birdies. Uh, it was, I don't know. I loved it. I, I had a blast watching today. The, and the course held up. 68 yeah. was the best score totally. of the day. It came from one of the guys in the, in the three horse race. We have, 
I'm kind of mad no one took the bait on Twitter. <laughs> I threw that out there. Bet three horse race. Clearly a three horse race. Phil Brooks and Spieth. That's yeah, the only three guys. We've talked about Phil enough. I, I think we the, the last forty minutes is all Jordan. I think. Have we talked about Phil enough? Like no, you were trying no, I'm to. I'm kidding. I'm look, kidding. No, Definitely take not. this into how many minutes in are we? Who could say? Okay. Uh, like eleven. Okay, we can keep going. Uh, take me to what you, we were discussing about Phil today and about watching this guy play golf and for a general like our whole lives we've been watching it so i i posted a twitter thread about this and it probably wasn't as clear as what i was trying to say because it's twitter and you know it's hard to uh enunciate or it's hard to get your thoughts out in in very small doses but what i was basically trying to get at is golf when you're when you're watching somebody that you really care about and you have a lot of context on watching someone play a full round of golf under major championship conditions is like the most intimate thing you can do if the announcers shut the fuck up, which is a separate thing that we can talk about later. <laughs> but like there are moments coming down the stretch, like you see it every year at Augusta, these great camera shots. Like you see somebody really go through it, right? You are, you feel like you're there with them. You are, it's kind of voyeuristic. It's kind of all that, like you are watching somebody try to accomplish something. And it's unique in sports, I think, in that, you know, for you te- no, for all of sports, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. saying like for basketball, you have a lot going on with teammates, baseball. It's kind of like with a pitcher trying to close them out or a hitter trying to get a, a, a big hit in a clutch situation. That's what you're seeing. Or a guy shooting a late free throw would be the best comparison. Yeah. But like golf, it is freaking lonely, man. Like, so lonely. It's you. You got your caddy, but like it's you going through it. So I'm, I'm vibing on what you're saying. So I think like you always get good stuff, you know, every Sunday afternoon, like the the last three, four holes, you get whiffs of that. Right. But usually one of our biggest complaints about the PJ tour, I think, is it's a lot of faceless guys. It's a lot of like, yeah, he grew up and he was a pretty good junior player and then he became a pretty good pro. And now he's won a couple times. Like it's it's pretty man. What a story. Uh, it's a lot different when it's Phil Mickelson and it's somebody who's been like you talk about other sports guys aren't performing superstars in other sports for three decades you know what i mean like lebron lebron james is not going to play for 30 years we're not gonna have 30 years worth well he might but we're not gonna have 30 years worth of like content around you know guys in other sports we do with phil and not we have 90 years worth of content (laughs) from phil that's what i was gonna say exactly and so i was just like rattling off some of these memories and stuff and it's it's like you you what makes tomorrow so cool for me is like you bring all that shit with you. You have this totally isolated like the guy is like, let's let's underscore it. The guy is going for one of the most impressive wins in golf history. Like, I, I definitely don't think that's overblowing it at all. I mean, he is he would be the oldest player to ever win a major. It's after he's totally lost all of his form. He's going up against like, you know, we talk all the time about how there's so many horses in golf. Like there's so many just Clydesdales. Golf has never been more competitive. than He's beating is. all of them at 51, <laughs> at 50, at 50. almost 51 years old. And the fact that we are, you know, we have in the back of our minds, we have the, the 2004 masters. We have the 2010 masters. When Amy had cancer, we have the him waving to the boat at whistling straights. We have him sliding down the hill at whistling straights. We have the FBI waiting to question him about insider trading at, Firestone 2013 open at Muirfield. We have him and Tiger as singles partners at the 2006, you know, whatever. We have him winning as an amateur on the PJ Tour. We have so like, the putt at Hazeltine on the 18th green against Sergio we have in 2016. Him, him lighting up Tom Watson in a press conference. We have him starting a coffee line. We have him wearing a dress shirt during competition <laughs> at the Masters. We have like, and in Florida in May. <laughs> yes. 
or maybe it was the players, not the Masters. He boarded the Masters too. Yeah, it's but, just you have all this stuff, and it almost feels like it's like compare too, that to Kevin Streelman. Yeah, it's like almost too big to like wrap your your head around. And I know we felt like the only other time I felt like that is when Tiger won the Masters in 2019. Yeah, and we we fired up the podcast, and it's just like, what do you say, dude? What the hell are we? This is like too big. It's it's hard to talk about, and I think, you know, maybe. Feels just a little less than that, like you know, context-wise. But it's it's just crazy, like it's wild. And then you've got on top of all that, you've got you know, we don't have to give this too much billing, but all the Saudi Arabia stuff, like hovering around as well, is like, dude, in the next couple months, he might totally commit to this Saudi, like to go finish his career in Saudi Arabia. And like, does that matter? Do you separate the things? Do you not need to separate the things? Like, it's just, it's. So I, I just can't think of like a more compelling round of golf, which is why I'm just so desperate. And and I really hope he doesn't go like start bogey double and he's out of it after three holes. I can't someday like I will legit be gardening or mowing the lawn or something. Just be like, God, Tom Watson, man, you should have just made that putt. <laughs> yes. Like, it like bothers me still uh, almost 100%. over 10 years later. And I don't want that out of tomorrow. And it, I, I think he like, might not win, but I don't want it to be like, I don't want him to, you know, bogey 18 to go into a playoff and then lose or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I, it. I won't be able to handle that. And it's just, uh, I don't know. You, you also start thinking, like, obviously, you and I are about the same age in our early-ish 30s, mid-30s. And, like, we didn't have all of that context with Tom Watson, but a lot of people did, right? And and so I would think for the generation, two generations, three generations above us, like, that had to feel very similar going into that Sunday at Turnberry, right? And And so... I, I don't know that I'm kind of at a loss for words. I'm not at a loss for words because I've been rambling for, for five minutes, but uh, it's just, I don't know how else to say. I'm, I'm extremely excited man. I, I, I can't wait for tomorrow. And I'm, I'm totally fine with this. My laughter at, at big Randy for <laughs> him picking Phil to top 40 may live in infamy. And but, I'm okay with that. But that's the thing is like top 40 is not guaranteed. <laughs> Like, cause look at who we're talking about. Like this could just as easily in, in five years could just as easily be one of those things. Like, yeah. Remember when he shot 86 in the, the final round and he lost like 15 balls. It, uh, data golf's got him at 26.6% chance. That's of not winning a tomorrow. lot. It's not, it's <laughs> That's not, not a, lot. a lot. Brooks at 31%. Uh, Trailing. That's Louis who was tasing at 17 and Streelman at seven. Um, speed is at 0.4%. Streel, I believe. S- Streelman would be a tough scene. That would be that would be that worse would be than Stu Sink, I would have to say. That would be tough. No, no one, no one likes Streelman more than me. Shout out to Wheaton, Illinois. But it's uh yeah, that would be tough. Yes, it would. <laughs> um can we before we get going, before we get going too far, uh let's give a shout out to our friends at Rap Soto. Let's uh you are a big fan of this product. Huge. I'm a big fan of this product. I have been mashing three. I've discovered that I hit three wood extremely far and I don't need driver anymore. So and the Rapsodo has helped confirm that. Rapsodo is a mobile launch monitor. It's about the size of a distance measuring device. As <laughs> Which we, are totally legal this week. Totally legal this week. Uh, it. I don't know. About, I've never even like charged. I charged mine the first time and I've never had to recharge it. I probably should soon. But the battery on this thing is insane. It's very portable. You can. Pr- it takes not even 45 seconds to set up and practice with to you know try to figure out. Are you gaining speed? Are you losing speed? How far are you hitting your six iron? How far are you hitting your wedges? Can you hit a certain number if you're trying to? If you want to practice and get better at golf, this is a, a extremely exciting. They cost $500. TrackMan costs 
twenty thousand. I don't even know what they cost. Like they're so. This is <laughs> in the case you were between the two. Yeah, if you're between the two. It gives you your club head speed, your ball speed, your launch angle, anything you could possibly want. That gives you know accurate readings within two percent of what you'd expect from these units that cost twenty thousand dollars. We are proud of them. You can go to rapsoto.com/nlu. Use promo code nlu and you can get a free premium subscription with that. So. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have been have been picking up these things, and we are extremely passionate about this pro- uh, product, and we suggest that you get it as well. Here, here. Um, well, where do you want to go next? Brooks. Okay, that's probably fair. Uh, wh- what <laughs> What's your impression watching Brooks today? Uh, it without trying to make it a coverage take, it was felt a little discombobulated. It felt like they didn't really track him very well. It was just kind of hodgepodge and didn't really set him up very well. Didn't really walk you through the process of him building around. So I don't really know other than it felt like a struggle and he shot two under. It just felt a little, it didn't feel like amazing. His shot in the 16 was amazing. Getting home in two was the first time uh, I'd seen somebody get home in two. He was not the first to get home in two. Shot he hit into 17. Uh, Matt really Fitzpatrick. Good. Little, no. little, little Matt Fitzpatrick got home into. Uh, again, back to our coverage take that I hadn't seen anyone else <laughs> do that. But I thought I thought he was going to make eagle there um, just because he's made a, a couple other huge eagles this week. Um, but I just felt like I'm wa- I, I feel like I'm watching. You know, I had a little Twitter thread on this this morning and we Randy and I talked about it some last night of watching and getting super hopeful for like Rory and JT and Spieth in these majors. And then we're talking about guys that have won eight majors between the three of them. So it may be a bit unfair to pick on them, but I think we can easily throw them in a group of probably a large amount of people that want to play well in majors more than anything else in their career. Yeah. Right? Like that's what they want the most. If you could pick one thing, pick four weeks to play your best golf, it would be these. And it seems like these guys in this current last four or five years are playing worse in the majors than they do playing normal golf. So it's working counterintuitively to them. Whereas for Brooks, he wants I am he wants to play better in these majors, but it is an expectation. It is not a hopeful thing. It is a committed. I am a better athlete, and when it comes time, and I roll my eyes a lot at him, like all the athlete talk that he does. But when it comes time to trust your body to perform, going right brain versus going left brain, and trusting yourself to just like like how often do you play great golf? When you know any of you listening, how often do you play great golf when you go to the course like? hoping to play well yeah versus like if i've got an eight footer and i got it rolling good and you know i got a decent round going like my attitude is like like fuck you i'm not missing this like <laughs> i am a badass and i'm gonna make this and that's how he treats every shot and i respect the shit out of that i am have so much respect for somebody that has just bullied their way into playing their best golf when they would want to play their best golf which is a unique skill in golf and I just how much energy I spend, you know, rooting and doing the hopeful energy with some of these other guys and this guy coming and doing it, even when his body is not totally healthy, I can only tip my hat. Uh, yeah, well said. And I think a lot of people could have stopped you very early in that sentence. So like, how often do you play great golf? They could say not not often. But when you <laughs> but everyone does play their own version of good no, golf right. at I some know. point. And it comes from like a place of like, I got this, like, right. I'm going to do it. And and I, I said this earlier too, but like how often do you hear Brooks talk about what he's got going on with his swing or the mechanics yeah. or any of that? And that might just be him keeping stuff close to the chest. But I, I also think about, you know, one time he he showed up for a major round like 35 minutes or 45 minutes before the round and somebody took notice of it and asked him about it. And he was like, oh, I did like did all my stretching and, and fitness and stuff at the at the hotel. And I, got, 
I don't need to hit golf balls like before I go play. And that just like rattled me because before every round, I'm like, all right, we got to find the slot. We got to do this, this. And he is just he the way he treats it is like an athletic competition. Like my body's ready. My juices are flowing. My muscles are warmed up. Like, why do I need to hit golf balls? It's like, whoa, like that, which is even more impressive when his body's not ready. Yes. <laughs> and he's playing, you know, with the knee injury yeah. this week. It's just, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's extremely well said. And I, I think what's, I don't know, I, I'm going to figure this take out as it, as it comes out of my mouth. But uh, I think it's weird that when you look at the game and maybe this is just, you know, because there's only four majors a year and, you know, perceptions change really slowly in golf. But I feel like Rory's in his own category for whatever reason. This again, this might just be my age and everything, but Rory's in his own category. And then it feels like JT and Brooks and, you know, some of these guys are are in the same category and they definitely should not feel that way. You know what I mean? Like Brooks, I, I feel like we say it on the podcast all the time, but Brooks is by so far in his own category. And, he's, and like, he's that dude. Yes. And tomorrow we have a chance to watch him. Like, I mean, data golf says this is the likely outcome and I would have to agree probably, you know, despite what my emotions and romanticism would like to see is like Brooks has a chance to go tie, like put a bullet in Phil Mickelson and tie his career major record tomorrow. Phil Mickelson at age 31 at age 31. And it's just, it's, he's the favorite at plus one fifty. Phil's plus two seventy five. It's, it's, not talked about enough and and i hate when people who talk for a living say that something's not talked about enough so the listen the it's all it's it's pointing right back at myself like you couldn't even coming into tonight it took us 16 minutes or however many to get to brooks like i fall for it every single day (laughs) feels a bit of an outlier yeah i feel it does kind of ruin it but (laughs) i just i i don't know it it is something i've thought a lot about and i think if he had more a more approachable personality, we would have the same affection for him that we do the Rory's and JT's and whatnot, but he doesn't let you in in that same way. doesn't ever appear vulnerable in any way. And so I don't feel the golf world rooting for him in that way. Not to say people root against him, but uh, it's just something I've tussled with. I don't have an emotional tie to his success. I don't have a personal tie to his success yet. I have tremendous respect for the greatest major champion of the last. I, I mean, he's won as many as as Rory, so it's hard to say that he's above Rory. But like, Rory hadn't done it in seven years. Like, it it's a yeah. different era. It is, and, and it's. I, I see uh, Jay McAtall, a person I've I've played around golf with. Hope you're doing well. Uh, says in the comments, got to be careful who you decide is great based on when you became a golf fan. Uh, Brooks is a stud, even if you think he's a dick. This is an NLU bias. I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think if I just started watching golf four or five years ago, I would think like. I would be banging my head against the wall and like, why are people not talking about Brooks more? He's the only guy that that matters from this generation. But listen, man, it's not the way it goes. I've, I'm I have Rory and Spieth, and of course Team Rose. I mean, they, these guys are all uh, they're all taking up too much space in my my brain. I, I need to I need to rewire some stuff. I'll fight I'll fight back on that though. Of like a lot of what we do and and try to do comes from a place of like our gut and heart, right? Like, yeah, just because I, I should talk about Brooks more doesn't mean I'm going to because we're, which I think confirms what he's saying that it is a okay. bias. Yeah, it's true. totally biased. It is. Yeah. Sure. That's fine. Yeah. But like, I am going to go, I, I watch golf. It doesn't to, change. doesn't change how I feel. Right. Yes. I watch I'm golf happy to, to admit it's a bias to feel things yeah, like, yeah. and it, I don't always feel things when Brooks, when Brooks is up by eight at the at PGA Beth page, I was like in all of it, but yeah. I didn't feel much. That's not anything against Brooks. And what's what's going to be tough is if he goes and wins tomorrow. Like, does he? What's the way to say this? Does he? Does he get Stuart synced? Uh, 
with a large group of an older generation tomorrow if he goes and puts Phil up in a boards him up in a vacant tomorrow? I think Streelman would. I don't think Brooks would. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. It, like there's we, gonna we be gotta a, have a real we have to have no matter what happens tomorrow night, we're gonna have a serious conversation about legacies of either one of these players. Unless yeah. not one of them doesn't win. And maybe even Louie, we have to have that conversation if Louie goes on to win, which you're yeah. claiming will not happen definitively, correct? I mean, are you sure. really, yeah, really yeah, to sure. wish the DJ Pie slash course. Solly slash Randy Big Memorial Absolutely. Of, no, will not win? There's no consequences to any of these, any of these takes. So, yeah, uh, sure. I'll double down. Phil's not going to top 40 either, Big Randy. Um, <laughs> Can you imagine? What's top four? Do you have this leaderboard up? I do. Well, what's what's 40? T38 right is plus three. So you'd have to shoot 10 over. Yeah. Which not impossible. could happen. Uh, dude, who is that? Jason Gore? And uh, Jason Gore and uh, Retief Goosen, yeah, at Pinehurst. God, my favorite, one of my favorite lines in golf ever was like, "Yeah, I struggled like the first three holes, and now I was like, then I was like, all right, I got to go get it." <laughs> Pinehurst too, on a Sunday at the U.S. Open. Yeah, yeah now I'm gonna go get now it. It's time, now it's time to get it. Um, so a couple things on the on the Brooks Phil uh, dynamic because I think this is gonna be really interesting. Also, is I, I think Brooks like seems to thrive on the whole you know nobody believed in us all season uh kind of vibe that crowd is going to be so well maybe i don't know maybe it's not is wouldn't you think it's going to be so pro phil i would think but i think it, I maybe know. there's enough young people who are yeah. huge brooks fans I, I don't i don't really know. i think it's i don't think it's going to be huge pro phil i think it'll be 60 40 like it's not like people are going to be rooting against brooks he's a big if it was streelman He'd be in some trouble in that final pairing. Yeah, Streelman's catching some no, strays for playing some really good golf. I think people just wouldn't care if it was Streelman. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like Brooks has, we have enough memories with Brooks, and a lot of fans have enough memories that, like, I think there's there's reasons to yell his name after he hits a, a big drive. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was Sung Jay or something like that, I don't think it's the same affection. Yeah. I think no fair. one's going to have as much affection as Phil's going to garner out there, but um, I don't know. No one if Phil can do can do 18 more holes. That's been the thing, right? Is and we have kind of said that for a while. Was like, man, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of eighteen holes. It's not a matter of thirty-six holes. I, honestly, we haven't really seen him play fifty-four holes really well, but we definitely haven't seen him play seventy-two holes really well. So I, I don't know, man. It it, it looks pretty sustainable, and who knows? Like the only real miss that we've seen all week feels like that that shot on thirteen, and then he bounced back, and he, I mean, he was driving it like crazy. So. I don't know. It, well, I always hate when I so if I'm looking at if we're looking at probability and we're say, if we're saying he's a 25 percent chance, uh, well, I th- always think of things in poker terms. Like if I've got pocket kings and you got pocket aces, I've got like a 20 percent chance. And gosh, I do not feel good going into that flop. Like I just don't. Like I know the odds in that situation are not in my favor, but um, I don't know. It, we'll see what happens. I, I I I don't know who to pick. I really truly don't. Because Brooks, all right, as as successful as Brooks has been, he was once invincible in these things. And since he won his fourth, he has had to deal with a little bit of the, his first adversity big, in majors. Big Randy was way out in front of this. Ever since he won at Bethpage, he hasn't been the same. I think there was big scar tissue from winning. That was it. my thing. Or maybe that was you. No, Sunday, he has not played the same golf in majors since remember, that back nine on Sunday. Remember how rattled he was? And that's totally kind of what, rattled. That, that's kind of what I'm getting at is like that crowd. He Was, was he playing with Dustin? No, Dustin was ahead of him, but ahead, he made yeah. a bunch of bogeys in a row and like people that, started rooting against him. And that's kind of what I'm getting at with Phil. And, and yeah. maybe you're right. Maybe people won't be rooting for him or rooting against him outright, but they're not going to be rooting for him. Like they're they're going to be so if you're if you're at a major and you have a chance for 
one of the most historic things that's ever happened in a 500 year old game to happen right in front of you like who's not rooting for that everybody's gonna be rooting for phil oh i i you're right you you're not wrong we got to talk about who phil would tie with with six majors which also we probably don't appreciate faldo's career enough he's so so good like six majors is so so many but i will also say six majors in this era is different than six majors when phil when when faldo did it sure um but he would tie. He leaves Seve in the dust. Seve had five. Um, again, we're we're not there yet. But also, if Brooks gets to five, then that is he's t- he's tied Phil's career by the time he's thirty-one. And we've covered that. But uh, should we go a little further down the leaderboard? Sure. Louis Oosthuizen, um, pretty pedestrian, seventy-two makes it look he looked like he actually struggled today. If that was his bad round, I'm I I am not willing to count Louis out. I'll just say that. I so there's a couple a couple things here like. Any other week, I'd be so on board with Louis winning, but I just feel like it's such a distant third storyline to oh yeah. to Brooks and Phil, right? So, yeah, I think he'll play totally fine. I don't, you know, he's not going to go shoot seventy eight. Like I, I think he'll he'll hang, no doubt. But I, I don't know, man. I just I'm not sure that. Uh, I think we've we've seen this movie quite a few times, haven't we? It is wild. There's three South Africans in the top six. Yeah. Christian Bezadenhout and Brandon Grace will be playing together. They're T five at uh, at minus three. Did Stuart Sink chill today? Yeah, he did. He <laughs> he's very chill. He's way way chilling. No, uh, Kevin Streelman. I mean, they kind of picked him up late, and again, kind of scattered scatter shot of falling his round. But honestly, if you'd asked me last night, did Streelman make the cut or or didn't he? I wouldn't have had an answer. I didn't really know he was in this tournament until today. So. <laughs> Which might be a me problem, but it's just one of those things that I had not seen him hit a shot really until today. Yeah, man, Streelman's like Streelman's awesome. I mean, total, total, total respect for his entire career. Like there, it's been well documented. Like his his stuff on the mini tours and putting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles on this car, and like just a consummate fucking grinder. And who, who, to my knowledge, if I'm thinking right, like hasn't lost his card in what? 10 years 12 years it's been a very I mean, it's just long crazy career. like th- those guys are are wild did i picture him you know being in the second to last group at the longest pga championship in history no i didn't i didn't picture that but good for him very good for him I, am i rooting for it again that's a, a tough uh if he was if he was in the lead and and phil is you know 18 shots back like yeah that's probably a different conversation but that'd be one of the most probably con- not gonna be a ton of streaming fans that'd be one of the most confusing major results like honestly in modern history right if between those two between phil and brooks and louis who has had unbelievable major success as well if streelman won that his he's three top 25s in his career in majors no top 10s there's a there's a a a case to be made again shout out to one of big randy's best takes ever that that tiger never should have won the 2019 masters he should have scooped his tap in and walked off retired from the game many people say that yeah. there there's a uh there's a, a case to be made if if uh streelman is has a putt to get into a playoff with phil just let it go maybe just scoop it do the right thing <laughs> i don't know they kind of do you uh, want to do you want to be that guy for the rest of your career i don't know they bailed on bryson way too early in this in this broadcast if i may say he shot one under today he birdied the last um he doubled he finished birdie double birdie um he's t7 probably not in it but you know he's five back it's not not, not dead. dead totally not, not dead. dead well dude i mean you, you saw it on 13 with with phil like somebody in that top 
I mean, one of those two guys is going to make a double tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it can happen really, really quickly. That's the whole point of this golf course. And Bryson, this is again just a model of like, does does it feel like everything went Bryson's way this week, or did he got as much as much out of his game as does he it could? Seem like a place that fits Bryson's no, game at all. A, a little bit. Maybe if I he's think. hitting a lot of like less than driver and just kind of playing for position. Like he he talked about a ton of that coming into the week, which I thought was really smart and, and interesting. Like, yeah, this is not you know beth page or bell reeve like this is i gotta be super 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 patient and just kind of almost not plot his way around i mean obviously distance is still an advantage but like it's not like the close your eyes and swing as hard as you can no. which is so impressive about phil yeah is that's basically what he's doing and he's hitting the middle of every fairway <laughs> but yeah bryson it feels like he's left a lot out there and it just but it's a it's a I mean, I'm saying this as an endorsement as to what he's done with this game right and that his floor has raised so much yeah. and then if you can bring your B minus game to a major and be T seven going into Sunday. Like I just, you got to salute that. You got to, you got to appreciate that. And it's what we don't see from Rory and JT hundred percent Xander and Cantlay and Patrick Reed and really like all the other guys in that generation. And you to, see it from Brooks and you see it from Bryson. And sometimes you see it from Spieth, but not, not really. But to that point, like those guys have done that at, at points in their career and Bryson's in the early part of, you know, consistently being around in major championships. Yeah. But currently, if we're talking the yeah. last year, I mean, this guy has done it frequently. Yeah. So the other thing, uh, you know, I, I, again, this is another take that's being thought out as I, as it comes out, but I feel like a good, uh, it, maybe it's just because of the coaches and the friendship and all that stuff, but Brooks and, and DJ always feel like they're kind of in the same category and think about how far in Brooks's dust DJ is going to end up if he wins tomorrow. You know what I mean? Five, like five majors to one is just, it just two. makes it. Two. Oh, two. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, but still, five to two is like, damn, man. That's, that has massive underperformer, like kind of written all over it. That reminds me of what Rory said way back in, I think, 2016 on the podcast when he said, you know, talking about his rivals and other competition, he said, you know, Jason Day, DJ at the time only had one major. These guys, you know, they need three more majors to get to me. I need three more to reach Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Of course, we're still sitting here. He needs three more to get to Arnold Palmer, but uh, yeah, the so gap. That, that quote still holds up. The gap, but no, not quite, because DJ's oh, got two now. But well, he's got like one and a half with the. That's true. With the Fake November Masters. Masters, yeah. Um, ready for Spieth? Did we hold off long enough? Yeah, I didn't see anything. I was oh. I was deep in uh, in fixing a toilet today, which is a pretty good metaphor for Spieth Spieth's round. From what I saw the on the leaderboard, I woke up to do every shot like I always do, and. I forget which holes, you know, he birdied three, birdied five, but there were some lip outs in there. I uh, missed a shorty. I think he missed a shorty for birdie on seven. I was like, honey, I got, I got to go to the gym. Like, I got to go do something. <laughs> I can't, I can't sit here. Like I can't watch this anymore. So there's a drill I love to do when I'm kind of struggling with putting and I will, depending on what length I want to practice, but I'll put tees on the side of the hole, like maybe three inches on both sides, maybe a little more if I'm further away. And just the drill is to get it through the tees. If it goes in the hole, great, yeah. but I'm practicing getting something to the hole and watching it go through those tees. And you'll be surprised how much you'll make and how much better you'll hit the putt. If he was doing that drill in this golf course, he would be hitting 98% of the balls through the tees. And it's not like everything's lipping out. It's like kind of glancing over the edge, but like he's hitting putts. They just keep going by on high side, low side, whatever it is. And it's so frustrating just to not get rewarded for any of that. He's not hit it amazingly. It's not like, you know, he's wasted one of the great ball striking weeks of his life or career, but the dude is 77th out of 81 guys in strokes game putting, and he's sitting there at even par at T13. He's hitting it. Ugh. It seems like he's hitting it. I mean, it, it kind of reminds you of 
Augusta a little bit, right? Where it seems like he's hitting it good enough. I mean, he was hitting it a lot better at the Masters, but he's hitting it good enough to to be there where he should be there the last four holes, and then yeah. like who knows what happens from there, right? And it's it's frustrating that he's not. Uh, I know he hold a couple from off the green today, so that that is counted in the you know strokes gained around the green, which he was number one in today. In game. What, what's he at? Even? He's at even right now. Seven back. Yeah. Largest I saw. Largest uh, come from behind margin in PGA Championship history. Seven shots. And he he was it's been nine, done before. There's precedent. He was nine back going to the 2018 Masters when he exactly. ran down Reed and then bogeyed 18, which I still never forgive that branch. So. <laughs> If it was anyone else, obviously we're spending time talking about it because he is prone to doing some wild shit. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. It is out of the realm of expectation, of course. But uh, who knows? Something crazy could happen tomorrow. Well, so go through the top of that leaderboard one more time if you got it pulled up. So we have Phil, who is minus seven, prone to be like he doesn't look like he he will be, but definitely can't discount the fact that he's 51. He's notoriously one of the most errant drivers in the history of golf. Uh, on a golf course where you can like shoot yourself in the face very, very quickly. We have Brooks who has a bad knee, who like looks very rock solid and you wouldn't think his, you know, you wouldn't think his ball striking would, would drop off, but who knows? We have Louie who is, he's at what? Five. He's at five. Yep. Who, who is, uh, you know, probably pretty solid. I can't imagine he's going to shoot worse than 73, 74. Who could say, uh, and Streelman, who knows? Who do we got behind that? Streelman's at four, then Bezadenhout and Grace kind of are at three. Both fairly un not not unknown quantities, but yeah. you know neither of them are are guaranteed seventy one tomorrow. Bright, you got a very Brooks thing going on where you just go down the leaderboard. And be like, oh yeah, they, not many guys up there have won one. Uh, you, Joaquin, you. Joaquin, <laughs> You're cool. Bryson and Woodland all at minus two. Casey and Sungjae and Corey Connors uh, all at minus one. So I'll apologize for Corey Connors at this point. Okay. He's had a very nice week. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Harry Higgs, uh, the big the big rig, <laughs> is sitting there at even par as well. Uh, that's just want to give him a shout out as well. But so officially, this has been projected all week, but it, it has stayed that way, which weather forecast has been absolutely on point this week. Nothing yeah. has really altered from the forecast. It's showing south-southwest winds around nine miles an hour when the leaders would be teeing off, peaking around 12 miles an hour, you know, and then around six and seven it's at 11 miles an hour so staying in a very consistent direction a um, little more westerly in the morning and calm so we might see a little bit of scores early on but uh doesn't look to be anything too crazy other than it is a different wind than we are going to than we've gotten to this point so i feel like we, we've said it three or four times but it's a really good golf course like I, I cannot wait to watch the last three holes tomorrow especially if downwind especially if 16 is reachable like a chance for you know, an eagle or a double there. 17, who knows? 18, who knows? Like that, man, it's going to, no matter what you think about the golf course or the rough or the angles or how it's played or watering the greens or it, like, I can guarantee the, the last three holes for, for better or worse are going to be compelling. It, it's not going to be over literally until you hit the 18th green. I just love, I, it's just freaky. Just pulled up the tee times. P. Mickelson, B. Kepka, two thirty <laughs> final round of major. How fucking cool is that? Is there is there been a better uh, final group in a major? And I, I mean, I when was the last time a bet? Well, I guess Tiger was in the final group in nineteen. So any any final group that has him in it, it's probably pretty yeah. good. But um, so we got the final few pairings. You know, Ke starting at one o'clock, Keegan and Matthew Fitzpatrick, and then one ten, Finau and Cantlay. Oh, Fina right there for a T6, non-competitive T6. God, you didn't even say anything about the two-foot, 10-inch putt he missed on 17. 
Ricky Fowler and <laughs> Jordan let Spieth. Stew, let you stew in that one. Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth at 120. And then at 140, Corey Connors and Sung J.M. Paul Casey and Gary Woodland at 150. Bryson and Joaquin Neiman at 2. Uh, Brandon Grace and Christian Bezadenhout at 210. 220, Louis Eustace and Streelman. And then P. Philip Alfred Mickelson and Brooks Alfred, Alfred Kepka. Uh, two things just top of mind. One, uh, shout out to Ricky. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will hand up. I, I was a, a bit mus- misunderstanding about the whole special exemption and how that works and how many people actually very, very quietly get those. Uh, but still, a lot of people I don't think would put their hand up and would stand by like this fucking guy shouldn't even be in the field. Uh, probably a lot of that swirling around. And Ricky just as he always does, he's, he's easy to poke fun of, easy to talk about all the commercials. Shout out to, you know. Corona and he's been on TV a lot. We haven't really seen him play many golf holes, but we've seen a lot of him on TV. Uh, but he always just like puts his head down, seems to kind of do his thing. So that that was, a, I'm I'm happy to see him have a good week. And I think you said it either uh, maybe Thursday night. Like you know, it's not fun for anybody when Ricky's not playing well. No, it's great. So that's awesome. I'm I'm excited for him. And then the second thing, just I really really want people to have the joy that I had today sitting on the couch with you. When groups get to seventeen, just talk talk about Mark Halkovecki a little bit. Oh, no. <laughs> they're they're oh, doing. No, I said it to you in confidence. They're doing that. And shout out to Mark Halkovecki, as you said on the Kiowa Pod. He's totally owned this. He's talked about it at length. Uh, it's he seems like an awesome guy. Uh, but the <laughs> they're showing that overhead drone shot, which is awesome, where you see the the T box, you see all the fans, you see the huge pond, and then you see this sliver of green up there with all the bulkheads. And we're sitting there today and saw like just man, can you imagine like remember when Calc just topped it right into that water? That's oh. that's amazing. It you know in sport, like I, I've had so many moments of my sport. I, I think about baseball. I just play shortstop. And like if there was bases loaded and there was a grounder to me, like the ball would go six inches below my glove. It would be the most helpless feel. And I, you just like can't avenge it, right? You just let a ball go straight through your legs. One run has scored. Two runs have scored. You botched the double play ball that would have got the pitcher out of the inning. It turns into a whole debacle. Six more runs come in that inning, and it's the most deflating feeling. And the you wor- can't. The worst as a, as a fellow middle infielder is is when you also just don't charge it. Like yeah, you just, just let it eat you, you just up. Sit on your back yeah. heels and just slowly watch it go between your feet. And so you all had that moment of like that the dumbest thing I possibly could have done, I just did, and that's how I felt about the whole calc <laughs> sequence. Just like all you want to do is undo one part of that whole sequence, and you can't do it. And oh god, Ian Baker Fitch really actually this was a great <laughs> comment, like very much cut to the core of the issue because he's played against Monty, and he said, uh, "Yeah, you know, if you remember." Monty actually went bogey, double, double bogey, and uh, he won all four holes <laughs> coming in. Unbelievable. That's wild. Um, oh, God. So anyways, just keep maybe look that up tonight and uh, and keep that in mind. I I also, again, I don't mean to just, it's, it's, you know, however many decades after the fact, I don't mean to pile on Mark Halkovecki tonight, but I just vivid image of him after he loses that match, just wandering off in, in, into the wandering off to the beach i think somebody might do that tomorrow like that could totally be in play somebody just golf's, you know golf's the burst and the best could we we didn't talk about phil almost trying to shoot a drone out of the sky that was sick shout out to dotty that was a great comment yeah, yeah that was not phil's like yo it's, it's just it's gonna hit it it's right in my line dotty's no chance 
<laughs> I'm surprised that hasn't happened sooner, though, like with the drones, just golfers hearing them and seeing yeah. them. I'm surprised that it's been as accepted uh, as it has been. And I, the first thing that popped into my mind when Phil started going off about that was like, oh, no, man, like these have been so cool. Like, I hope I hope we don't have to take a step backwards because they've been awesome this week. They've, a lot of great angles. Um, what else? What else? We that we there was some other funny stuff that happened. There, I feel like um, usually I have a whole list of I, I usually have a whole list of things to to talk about, and it's just been we couldn't even get a list down Phil. today. We had no, it's just all Phil all the time. Um, Phil got a crazy break on sixteen. We should talk about that. Like oh, like hitting the hitting the the cart tire. Dottie was all over that. M- more so, not necessarily hitting the tire, just that he was right in between. He landed in that little sandy patch, sandy area, just right between like monster, monster rough like that's unplayable or even like i don't even know how that would work lost ball retee like i don't i don't know what that would have been but not a lot of balls are getting lost this week fans are finding balls a benefit that we have not that we were not blessed with when we played kiowa but <laughs> that's true um what can we do a little coverage stuff sure very little very little let's stay positive today was an awesome day it, yeah <laughs> i got i got two things i'll try to cut to the core as fast as i can uh just an onslaught a drive-by shooting of commercials, which, as we've said many times, is is not CBS's fault. That goes to the PGA of America. But it's just every time, like to put a very specific instance, Phil blows it way right on 16. You don't know where the ball is. You're watching this guy. Like this is kind of what I was trying to talk about earlier, where you know you're watching this like hugely intimate moment, right? You've got these epic cameras out there. You're watching this guy who you know has been the most relatable golfer in the history of golf the last 30 years the guy that every weekend like hacker is is like oh my god that's me man i always whenever i'm in contention or whenever i'm playing well i always blow one off the plant that's what people love about phil right and he does that on 16 and instead of like having this awesome moment where you build up the drama oh my god where's the ball what's going on oh god brooks just made birdie like where you're following phil up this fairway and just letting it develop it's just it it's cuts to commercial and it's that over and 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 every you know important moment. So that sucks. Two, and I think they'll you know I I hope think whatever they'll do a good job of this tomorrow. But like just just be quiet, man. Just lay out. Like again, Phil, do less. You, you had an awesome shot of him walking up seventeen. You've got the most famous hole on the golf course. You've got fans going fucking bananas. You've got this you know. $85 million 8K camera that you have following him. You've got all this stuff. The sun's going down. It's beautiful. And like, we don't, you don't need to tell me like, and there's Phil. He's walking slowly. He's got it, man. What a cool walk. It's like, dude, just let just it be. Let us, just let us watch, which Nance, I think does a great job. Yes. The imagery is powerful. It's a beautiful golf course. It's a really fun setting and let the crowd drive things right like and don't tell us things that are on the screen in those moments yeah. you don't ian baker finch literally said that there's phil going for a nice stroll <laughs> around like oh my god we can see that like come on a lot of and, people sorry go ahead oh just gonna say like to your point on the commercial load they got it it leads them to get so far behind and that matters because then they just cut out anything anything that's not consequential they cut out which is part of the experience like you, you and then you when you cut out five of Streelman's shots and then you show him putting from 18 feet for birdie. I know it's going in yeah. like there's no, it's a, it becomes a highlight show and not, and you know, you're not covering a sporting event. You're highlighting things that have already happened. And if you're following any feature group stuff at all, or stat stat tracker, like, you know, like you are, you then learn 
your your mind gets trained to be like, all right, what is actually going on in the tournament, right? Because what they're showing me is not live. Yeah. And maybe that's just me, but it 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 was a struggle today. I hope they really had way more commercials today than they're going to have tomorrow because that was that doesn't seem likely. But who maybe? I don't. Weren't things supposed to be different for the majors? Like it. it Again, just, that, I know. I need, we need to bang on the PJ of America for that. That's that's not CBS. They're not showing any more commercials than they need to, right? I mean, they're they're doing their own special. You know, watch this on CBS on Wednesday night or whatever promos but yeah it, it sucks it, it kills all the flow a lot of people in the comments writing for colt nost i'll second that I think oh he's, he's great he's been awesome he's been really good um and it's just you know it's not really the it's not the analysis it's not that stuff it's just you know just feel man, so, like, too many commercials and and just 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 chill just lay out a little bit and give me some excitement like yeah. you know make me feel the emotion of this thing it, it's emotional like this is which that's I, what espn does which i think you do the best way you do that is like Yes. Natural sound. Yes. Just like letting the fans, yes. you know, hearing from the fans. But anyways, anyways. Uh, what else you got? Um, trying to flip through some questions. We didn't get to a lot of specific questions. I think we do always appreciate you sending in your questions, but uh, it's hard. You know, it helps inform the show. I can't always read them verbatim on here, but uh, I think we've covered most of it. But I feel like as soon as we hang up, a lot, here, we're a lot gonna... of people shouting out Lisa Loeb. Uh, looks great after 20 years in the in the Geico commercials. You son. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a weird segue, but uh, speaking of Lisa Lowe aging well, uh, I feel like we need to give a shout out to Phil in that, and I'm sure we'll do a lot of this tomorrow on the kind of bigger Sunday night pod. But Phil very easily could have like rested on his laurels and kind of you know, he always was a little heavier, he could have just kind of like let himself go and and rode off and you know, almost like. I'm not in any way suggesting these guys have like similar careers, but look at someone like Darren Clark, right? Where it's just like, all right, hey man, like I had a really awesome career and now I'm just going to kind of chill and maybe I'll pop up here and there, yada, yada, yada. Like Phil has nothing to prove to anybody. And it probably doesn't, it gets joked about more than like complimented in that like he's lost a ton of weight. He's kept himself in incredible shape. They did a a, a good bit, I thought on the broadcast today about talking about like the meditation stuff and the focus. And like, I think that's a very real thing. Like, I, especially when you're out there and you don't have, you know, this week, notwithstanding where he obviously has a ton to play for this week, but when you're kind of just hacking it around and playing like shit, like, yeah, it probably is really hard to find motivation and keep your focus and all of that stuff. And I don't know, credit to Phil for actually doing that. I mean, that, that can't be easy to do. It takes a lot of work. It's not like sexy to talk about, but I mean, he he's done a lot of, He's done a lot of awesome stuff to keep himself so that all of this is possible. So who knows what will happen tomorrow, but at least we'll, we'll get that out. And I'll say this, there's nothing you can do to make time slow down or, you know, it's going to be over at this time tomorrow and there's nothing you can do about that. But you never know when you're watching somebody's last hurrah. Like, yeah, you can't exactly. ever know. And this could be it for it. Probably not. I think he's going to give us something weird at age 55 or something like that. A lot of people have been saying that for a lot of years. I'm not sure I believed it. And now I'm starting to believe it, but this could be it for one of the great entertainers in golf that we've had for 30 years. And you don't, you know, I feel like I've, I feel like it's already been in the past. I feel like his career is in the past. He's become more of a parody than he is, you know, a threat in these, anything in golf yeah. lately. And here he is proving me wrong and proving a lot of people wrong. And, not somebody that was at the top of my tip of my tongue at any point going into this week. And here he might do it at age 50. So, and the, the only other thing I got, maybe a closing thought, at least for me was, 
I, I feel like for the last 10 years in in golf, we've had, you know, kind of threats of this idea of like, oh my God, there's going to be this generational shift. There, there's Tiger and Phil and Ernie Els, and there's all these other guys. And what's going to be so cool about the next 10 years is we're going to see those guys go head to head and they're going to really battle. And a lot of this has to do with Tiger injuries and Tiger, you know, just Tiger being Tiger and all the weird shit that's happened with him over the last 10 years. But that hasn't happened, right? It, it's kind of seems like it's been maybe Phil wins a, a random Phoenix Open or Pebble Beach or whatever. But these duels like Phil and Brooks tomorrow is that right? Like that is a this generation versus this generation. And that's awesome because that's one of the coolest things about golf is that you can play across so many different generations. And I'm just, I'm so pumped for that. And I wish that happened so much more. I wish we had so many, like we're, we're just not going to get them realistically, but like how cool would it have been over the last, you know, 10 years to have Ernie Els versus Rory, to have Rom versus Tiger, to have, you know, uh, Dustin Johnson's kind of in the middle, but you know, JT versus Tiger, JT versus Phil, like we've gotten so few of those that it's just, uh, I'm really happy that we'll have it tomorrow. And again, as I said up front, I, I hope Phil doesn't like play the first two and three over and, and we need to last it. to the back nine, at least shout yeah. out to Brian Cosby's tweet who had the, uh, love Brooks's ode to Gautier <laughs> <laughs> with his hat today. Phil looking like somebody I used to know. About that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Brooks will have a bad hat tomorrow. We know that. <laughs> we budgeted that. That's in the models. Uh, I don't know. That's all I got. I'm I'm exhausted and and thrilled and excited to see what happens. I hope we get a little more Bryson tomorrow. Uh, shout out to Keegan as well. He's having a, a solid week. He's sitting there at even par. Um, sure. Well, listen, we're not ending what could be a historic Saturday and a historic pairing. Brooks and, and and Phil tomorrow with, with shout out to Keith. All right, I'm, delete that. <laughs> shout out to Phil. Great, great playing, Phil. Cannot wait to see what happens tomorrow. Um, let's go get some food and some sleep and just strap in for hopefully one of the great finishes in major championship uh, in our lifetimes in major championships. Fingers crossed. Here we go. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. This was a lot of fun. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Ronnie, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>